we put in a lot of effort into what we're making. Um, so, you know, there's been production cooks with me and chefs with me in the past that have been like, hey, you know, no one's going to notice if we just cut this little corner. And I'm like, hey, I notice. And we're trying to sharpen corners, not cut them. Dirty Linen is staying at the Australian Open this week. We love the tennis. We love the stuff that goes on in and around uh, the fantastic stadiums there. Our guest today is someone that, yeah, we can talk about the Australian Open and so much more besides. Raf Rashid is one of the original food truck innovators in Melbourne. He's always doing interesting things, including a magazine, which I was thrilled to contribute to recently. Raf, welcome to Dirty Linen. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great. Unreal. To, uh, it's great to have you on the show. I've been wanting to um, grab you for ages, so this just seemed like a really good opportunity. Um, yeah, so I guess I first heard of you when you started uh, Beatbox Kitchen way back in the day. When actually was that? Uh, that was 2009. Um, yeah, we just... I just wanted to cook a hamburger, really. <laughs> I didn't really um, have much more in front of me except for a um, for that idea and how I wanted it to sort of be. And, and then it just kind of took shape. And next thing you know, it's in a truck. Next thing you know, I'm doing events, parking on the street. And then, um, yeah, just kept going from there, really. Um, yeah. It's certainly become part of the Melbourne landscape and then followed up by a taco truck. You've had Juanita Peaches, you did donuts, um, did lots of stuff on YouTube and um, Snack Boss, the, the zine, zine, which is now in its third edition. Um, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we're a little bit similar in that we see, you know, when you're thinking around food, there are just so many different things that you can do. And there's, it's sort of, they're all connected by food, but they're, um, they're they exercise different parts of your brain and different skills I mean is are you just just driven by interest yeah it's, it's just there's just so many like beautiful moments every day so like you know it's just it's just so interesting the way that people can connect with food and how they do connect with food that um, there's just another story like every single moment I just think of something like and whether it's you know like uh, hey I made um I made uh tonight for dinner we're having breakfast <laughs> you know like that, that's 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 I, I marvel at that sort of stuff it's so mundane to someone but it's so interesting to me that um and it's just a beautiful thing that you can share with your you know friends and family like and I just have moments like that like seriously every minute and whenever I see someone like eating or like enjoying something in a in a non-traditional setting I even I get even more excited so yeah it's just I don't know, just experiences really and how we document them and, um, and tell the stories is kind of probably my, um, the way that I really uh, get excited about things. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what I love about what you do, one of the things I love is that there's a real embrace of whatever people might be into. Like there's no sort of gatekeeping. It's sort of there's a general feeling of welcome with food, the way you serve it, the way you think about it. And it actually, it makes me think of in the in the latest zine, how you've got this sort of tostada vibe, but then, so, but then you're also allowed to do it with salada crackers. Yeah, <laughs> I love saladas, you know, like, and just the idea that you sort of, you know, you can just put butter and Vegemite on them or you can just like 
take it up as many notches as you want and put, um, you know, caviar on them or whatever you want, you know. Like I, I just think that sometimes, we, um, you know, the, the we've got these great vehicles and they can just bring whatever you want along with them, you know, like the, the tostada or the salada or the, you know, just the – just, you know, the Vita wheat even, you know, like I, I just really like that. And I think that um, that everyone can access, everyone can access it. So let, let's, you know, let's just keep showing the way. Yeah, it's very cool. And I mean, in terms of that access and that sharing, I think you're probably one of the first operators that I can think of that was using so- social media in a way that really brought community to the fore, just like, talk, you know, letting people know where the truck was going to be parked and, you know, when you'd sold out or what was available. I mean, was that something that, I mean, that happened organically or was it an opportunity that you saw? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, no, I just... I just like um, in the start, I would just email people and then someone said, oh, you should just do Facebook. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then that was just sort of like a um, in the start, it was really just one way information. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was um, really uh, conversating with people. Um and then, and then as time got on, I was like, oh, we can actually get back to people. You know, like I was a bit arrogant in the start. Like I didn't really know how to use it, but it was really helpful for us. Um, I, I more you sort of used it as a notice board, I guess. And then I was like, oh, actually, cool. We can chat to people on here and it's, and it's okay to do that. And then I started doing that more and that, that felt better. Um, and yeah, it was just, just organically. It was just there, you know, um, yeah, as a, as a tool, I guess, and it's continued to stay there or probably always be there um, in some form, um, but still word of mouth is my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guy, you got to get this taco. you got to go down there and have a donut. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's really special, especially like the way that I like to um, kind of be always off the beaten track sometimes um, or even like not off the beaten track, like, but to surprise someone at, you know, like we do a lot of events and we put in a lot of effort into what we're making. Um, so, you know, there's been production cooks with me and chefs with me in the past that have been like, hey, you know, no one's going to notice if we just cut this little corner. And I'm like, hey, I notice and we're trying to sharpen corners, not cut them, you know, like, <laughs> so there's just like, and so if you're someone that if you grab something at one of our, at, from our truck at, at an event or something, I, I just hope that it's like, it's super delicious, you know, so there's just no compromise on that. So that in itself is like a discovery as well to be, to find something in maybe a field where you wouldn't think it would be, would there wouldn't be something. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, you are always spoken about as one of the OG food truck guys. But then, you know, uh, I was tiny and buying donuts from a truck at Paran Market, you know. So it's it's like food trucks actually aren't new. Um, and there was nothing wrong with those donuts, don't get me wrong. But there is something about that, that sharpness or that offering. There was a real line that was drawn. Um, I mean, can you identify what it was? Was it sharpening the corners? Was it what was coming? out of the truck what was it I think it was just like for me it was it's always been I guess like not like knowing when something's knowing how I wanted it and not compromising on that for the sake of 
you know, uh, higher turnover or anything. And I think you can, I think you can just taste that wherever you go, you know, like you just know when someone's just keep continually trying to uphold a high standard. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's what we've done. And that's what I've, you know, tried to encourage my guys, you know, like in the start, it was, it was a lot harder to, um, you know, had some great staff, but they would just look at me going, Hey, it's just a hamburger dude. And I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but it's like, it's everything to me, you know, like it's, it's, it's everything that, um, and, and I, I probably wasn't great in articulating that my, my passion sometimes, but I, 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 uh, I've worked on that and, and now everyone takes it really seriously. So it's great. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I reckon the burgers are seriously good, but delivered with a real kind of lighthearted pride. And I think that's part of the flavor as well. Um, now I, I don't know if this is, um, urban legend rap but is it true that back in the day early on you the the door of the one of the trucks flew open and all the money flew out (laughs) yeah it's so true can you tell me that story yeah we we so it was the first meredith 2009 and we were completely broken um i had one employee and then like a whole bunch of friends that were just helping out um if you've ever been to Meredith, it's really busy. Um, so we would, I was just like, what? Um, anyway, what am I doing? Anyway, driving home, we kind of went one way and um, sort of driving along this road. And then I was like, hey, you've, I felt like I was going the wrong way. So I turned around, did a U-turn, turned around, driving back the other way, probably another couple Ks. And then I look out the side window and the, um, the hatch had come open. And I'm just thinking, why is that hatch open? Jumped out, closed the hatch, kept driving, and I was like, "That's that's not right." So I was like, I went back in, and I, like I just had like this safe in there. Like back then, everyone paid cash, so I had this little safe, but it was like sitting up. It wasn't bolted in the truck. Like I had only received the truck the day before Meredith, so. <laughs> This is like testament to how stupid I am. Um, anyway, so I got this. I was like, hey, the safe's missing. Oh, no. It, it had fallen down and landed on the fridge and then bashed the door open and fallen out. So I was like, oh, my God. So I drive back to where I've done this U-turn and in this all in this long grass, there's just this safe sitting up. <laughs> Like, I, I swear the sun was shining down on it, like, ah! <laughs> and then, yeah, so I picked up the safe, put it back in the truck and came home and just thought that, okay, this is the path, you know, this is the path for me. You just found it at the end. I feel I'm, I'm envisioning a rainbow and the safe is at the end of it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So Meredith was the first event. The Australian Open is on now. I mean, what is it like doing these? big events and and what are you bringing to this year's AO? Yeah, we're going to have the taco truck and the beatbox there. Um, We're set up like out where the stage or where there's like a big uh, screen. So it's like in in the Birurung Ma area. Um, And I like that because you can access the tennis without going into the, like if you don't want to go to the tennis, you know, so you can sit on the... um, Sit down and watch the big screen, and maybe just come uh, come over after work. I um, we're gonna be doing yeah, just the taco truck menu and the um, and the beatbox menu. So burgers, burritos, tacos, um, yeah. Love it. And I mean, what is it? What's it feel like to you to be 
part of this big event? I mean, people come from all over the world to the tennis. Is there, does it feel different to like pulling up next to a suburban park? Yeah, it's really great. Like it's, I, I think every year more people get involved in the tennis you know like more people watch it it signifies a time of the year which i think is really great in melbourne that late january um and the you know the weather's always good everyone's just in a good mood you know head, either heading back to work or still got time off and i just think it's a good signifier of the of the period of the year and to match that with great food i i i really like this time yeah, it's a really special time in Melbourne. And I mean, we don't want to mention the C word, but it is going to be probably the most normal event that we've had on this scale. Um, yeah, so that's good too. Yeah, I oh, totally. It's been, you know, it's been so great to be back and doing what we do. Um, and yeah, my fingers are like crossed. Like I go to sleep with them crossed and wake up with them crossed. So yeah. Just keep keep hoping it keeps rolling, you know. So, Raf, I'd love to ask you about Snack Boss. Um, tell us why you've um, put out this scene. Uh, the zine just came, um, you know, I think it was like 2014 and I had a, um, I had a cookbook come out with um, Hardy Grant and that was a great experience and I'm really proud of what we did. Um, since then, I always like, like I always made, like I've, I'm always writing recipes or like thinking about stories. I'm always telling them to people. Um, and then I was like, you know, I, I would prefer to just make a, a few recipes that people could get around and have those coming out more frequently then um then do another book and there's such i mean you've done you've done a bunch of books daddy you know how there's so much work it's a lot of work yeah and a long timeline yeah too. long timeline a lot of work a lot of the ideas change while you're in the book as well i reckon so i'm like oh and the one thing that um that my father made he's passed away now but one of the things that he did make me when i was um when he was you know i think it was around 91 he wrote me like a um he published a little zine that he hand wrote himself of all his um malay recipes so i've always had that and i was like oh that's a really cool format like i still go back to it a few of my friends still go back to it so i was like oh that's 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 a cool format and that's something i can do without having to knock out, a, you know, six months of my life you know, dedicated to doing a big book again. So, and this way I also get to collaborate with, you know, um, like yourself and, and other chefs that I admire and home cooks and, yeah. Yeah, it's a really fun format. It feels really free and I love that sort of idea that you can just follow your own interests, um, which, you know, I loved um, – the, the commission that you gave to me, which was to uh, investigate the whole idea of Turkish bread. Can you, t can you tell me why you wanted um, that story told? Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that Australia makes things their own, you know, like that's, you know, it's, it's really cool. Um, I love Turkish bread and I see that it's rise um, has, you know, people, you know, people just say, oh, Turkish bread, but they don't actually, you know, like, um, understand or have, have, uh, the time to maybe think about where the Turkish part comes from, you know? And I just wanted to tell the story because 
um, someone said to me once, they're like, oh, that, you know, that Turkish bread that you call Turkish bread? That's, we don't, we, I'm from Turkey. We don't actually even have that. <laughs> and I was like, what? What, <laughs> what do you mean? And then they were like, oh, that's like a puffier version, what you guys are making. So I do, you know, like, I thought it was just worthwhile um, investigating and finding out, you know, more about its origins and, um, you know, this bread that we, that we, that a lot of people enjoy, a lot of great places, you know, make their own or, or use it. Um, and yeah, just to see how that, you know, just to, I guess just to share the story really. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was such a fun story to research and write. And yeah, I mean, my um, investigations backed up what you'd heard, which is that there actually isn't the same Turkish bread that we call Turkish bread in, in Turkey. Um, and the chef that I spoke to, Touche Bayraktar, um, who works in Melbourne, um, she was she had this feeling like she was proud when she saw Turkish bread written on a menu or, you know, in the supermarket. Yeah, because she's like, wow, my country. But she's like, but it's not actually Turkish bread but uh, I'm happy to see it uh, so yeah it is it is it is really interesting um, I love I love that too you know like a, a lot of you know you should have equal amount of um, right to be like oh these stupid Australians calling it Turkish bread you know what I mean but she did it she had that pride that's so cool you know I love that um, and and I guess for me you know like I remember that I think it was like back at you know when when remember when the wall first opened wall 280 they um that when was that that's that's a long time ago but i want to say 88 uh, is that possible uh maybe uh, 98 98 maybe 98 anyway they had um they had like this there was a, they 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 were one of the first people's like using turkish bread with like in a sandwich toasty and i was like man that is smoked chicken one with like uh rocket and mustard i was like Damn, this is delicious. So yeah, and then when I and then when I'd spoken to the guys who ran that um that you know that Turkish bread um uh shop, um Alicia is it? Yeah, yeah, Alicia, yeah. Yeah, they uh you know they were telling me that that they would drop off bread and then there was two other bakeries following their truck around, um, dropping their business card after them saying, Hey, we can make it cheaper, you know? <laughs> no they, way. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, there's there's quite a story here, you know. So yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so I just looked it up and it's 98 that Wall's been there. And I remember when, um, you know, back in the day, it was like, what are these sandwiches? Because they were using that, you know, quote, Turkish bread, but um, they were ha- with the, all the Russian delis in Balaclava, they were getting, yeah, like pastrami and, and other sausages and putting it in there. And I, I mean, that, that really does speak to Australia and that multicultural experience of just mashing things together. Just, you know, just like salada tostadas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But- I love that. I love the wall, you know. It was like a – it was, again, it was – it probably planted the seed for me that, you know, people are happy to discover just like a little hole in the side, you know, and, you know, we, we like that. I think that's still very Melbourne, you know. Um, we can sort of escape a little bit and then, a big, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, a, good, it was a good place. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the first, I guess, milk crate kind of places where you just like sit there with a dog and and a coffee and just feel like you were living the dream. Um, And I don't know, I I went past there today actually and I think they've redone their window and it says on the front from 1998 to infinity. And (laughs) I just love that, like we are here. Like, yeah, and there's, you know, they've innovated and they've expanded, but I think there's definitely still that, that soul, that indie 
kind of soul, which, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, I think the other, the other thing I liked about the zine format and writing that story for you was that you do, I felt like, you know, there was all these stats that I came upon about, you know, Turkish people being the biggest eaters of bread in the world, but they were simply not verifiable. But I think in the zine format, it is quite nice that you can say, well, this is what people say. I don't know if it's true, but here's the story. Um, so, yeah, I think that's nice. It's very sort of on the level. Yeah, we just I just think it's like it's cool to have something that I can hold in my hands and that it's like um, for me it's all about, you know, uh, hopefully giving things to you know younger generations my children and um yeah that that seems that seems to be really important for me so yeah that's that's why i do it and well, one of the reasons anyway so yeah mm, love it so from your perspective with having been doing food trucks for a good while now what do you what's your view on on the way trucks have have come up and you know there seem to be that you can get everything out of a truck these days there's hummus trucks and calamari trucks and all these vegan trucks what's your overview of the scene i think it's really um it's quite spread out now which is really good so you can have um you can come at, at it from a few different sort of angles there's like the the most popular truck parks now are probably out in um Craigieburn. um the indian population um or the indian trucks have really created something really special out there and their 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 customer base is really taken to it um and i just love that you know, this is these these trucks don't even have the gram. You know, they're <laughs> they're just out there rocking, and that's awesome. Um, I think that uh, that th- yeah, if you wanted to just if you if you want, it, it makes it it's accessible for some people. Um, I think a lot of people still might get into it not knowing how much work it takes, um, and it's a pretty sharp learning curve. Um, the last few years has been um, either really good or really hard for a lot of people um, with trucks. Um, but for the most part, I think like everything, um, you know, the if you're dedicated and you've got um, something unique and and a, and a high quality, then it will, you know, it'll it will provide for you. Um, yeah, people will seek you out. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's just with the Indian trucks that we had. Um uh, on the podcast a few months back, um, Sri Lekha Makalo, who's got Chai and Dosa in Braybrook, which is absolutely awesome. It's, it's so it's so good that spot. <laughs> it's so good. She's yeah. now expanded. So, so the truck's not there now. She's expanded that into a restaurant, um, but it's still got the same sort of vibe. Although you can sit down and there's tables and stuff. I just think it's. I mean. That's that's one direction, like to take your ambition in that direction. But that hasn't been your. Um, well, I know you have had a little bit of bricks and mortar, but that hasn't so much been your trajectory. Is I mean, what do you think about that? About you know, is the the food truck as starting point versus the food truck as you know what you want to keep doing long term? Yeah, I mean, the food truck just it gives me the the like I get the same out of that. Um, you know, like I'm just, I'm happy in there. I'm happy, like, um, just rocking on the side of the road. Like I I understand that the, you know, sometimes having the bricks and mortar is going to lead to potentially more stability. Um, but for me, it's just, it's always just been about the making the effort anyway. So I've really enjoyed just being in the truck. Um, and yeah, I guess everyone's got their own take on where they, where they want to head. Um, 
yeah, but I, I, for me, it's just always been about being amongst the people. So however that happens, you know, it can be a truck. Could even just be like a, could have even just, you know, in the start, I remember just trying to plan to be in a marquee, you know, like, and just rocking out of that. But then I was like, oh, the truck would give me more flexibility to be able to move around. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just wherever you want to, however you want to do it, it's, it's, it's all cool. Yeah, love it. Okay, so Raf, um, let's finish up with you telling me what I should order when I come and see you at the Australian Open. So just you, you choose what is some, and tell me, tell me in detail. Talk me through all those sharp corners in oh. whatever you're going to serve me. <laughs> yeah, sure. So if you come to the um, beatbox, I would definitely get the the uh, the Raf burger because that's that, that's our that's the number one burger that we've been making all these years. Um, so yeah, always fresh lettuce, tomato, onion. And it's it's like this burger that I wanted to do that was halfway between like an American fast food burger and also a ode to the Australian fish and chip burger. So, you know, if we're talking, you know, vintage kind of Andrews, like I was really inspired by that, but I wanted that twisted up a little bit. Um, so that's what I did. So that's the Raff burger. <laughs> Hopefully it rings true. I love it still. Um, and then you would go over to the, um, to the taco truck. And I, I mean, I really love fish tacos. I think Melbourne also loves fish tacos. And when we came out with the, I think we had the first fried fish tacos ever, like in Melbourne. Um, and they've just, I, I reckon that they've just, grown and grown and grown in our population and people just you know that's i remember people saying fish tacos what and i was like yep hell yeah so yeah so fish tacos um uh corn chips we fry those on the on the and then just really good scoop of guacamole Yes, I am all about it. Um, Raf, thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's so fun to catch up. Always love having a chat to you. And yeah, all the best for the Australian Open. Uh, thanks, Danny. Catch you soon. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.